2: How we doing?
3: What's going on? This is episode eighty-one. Drunk on broad, drunk on the Fightings tonight. Uh, listen, we got uh, we're, we're we're partnered up with a uh, with some with, with Belly Up Sports, so you can find all of our stuff over there. Uh, but we got Jay back in the in the saddle. Jay, you you just got done talking a little shredding, a little a little a uh, little rock and roll here, and now we're talking baseball. And then we got a special guest, so Jay, go ahead and then we'll introduce our guest.
4: Oh no, introduce the guest.
3: <laughs> all right so listen uh i I just give what I know, right? This is Vince from the fan lot from from uh the show on Old City sports. We partnered obviously with them on a bunch of shows on our drunk on ice show but vince tell us, tell tell the people what they're what they're about to hear.
2: Well, I don't know how to filter myself, so. And I'm very, very strongly opinionated, especially when our players are not doing well. But I praise them when they're doing good.
4: Listen, it's right we, up my alley then. I we, love we, it. we keep it real. Yeah. Not wrong with criticizing when they deserve it. So, you know, I, I, that's, right that's the right one thing up. is
2: you watch, like, you know, the, the actual television and are like, I got something I want to say, but I, I can't say it. It's like, cause, it's because you're on fucking TV. But I'm gonna give it to you real and tell you how it actually is.
4: I like man, I like most definitely. Guy.
3: Listen, that like if, if there's anything, right? Vince, mm-hmm. the, the, the I told you, right? We we have a whole section at the end of every show, Jay. And you know Rich has got Rich has got the fuck you list. So the, the, the kids are in bed. We're we're all good here. But we yeah. got we we got a lot of we got a lot of good stuff. Now listen, I put some stuff out on social media today. We have a super, super special announcement that we are incredibly excited about. I'm not gonna hold it in. I can't hold it in. I've been kind of sitting on this kind of all day long here. We are about to debut something that is going to allow our fans to be able to interact with us on the show, be able to have their voice maybe be part of the show. We are about to debut the Broad Street Line. The Broad Street Line is designed for fans to be able to call up, get that in-game reaction, post-game reaction. We want to hear the anger, the happiness, the madness, the frustration. We want to hear it all. And we want you to call and leave a message. We want you to call at, I'm going to give you the number. We're going to call 267-405-3062. Put that number in your phone. Put it in there as the drunk on broad, broad street line. And anytime you're pissed, angry, mad, happy, excited about your Philly sports teams, I want you to call up, I want you to leave a message. with with any kind of emotion you already if if you've listened to the first five minutes you've already heard a bunch of expletives so we're not going to bleep anything out you're getting it raw but we want to hear everything that you got to say with all the emotion I couldn't be happier to have this as part of it um listen gentlemen what, what what would be your thoughts as far as if you were calling up a, a, a fan line right now.
4: Hey, this is Jason Voorhees from Drunk On Broad. <laughs> stop. Nah, he's fucking messing around. I just thought I would try to call ourselves and leave a message.
3: Uh, Jay, we can't call ourselves. We got to leave it open for the fans.
2: Well, we're probably gonna to have to call you live during a show one day because we do plan on doing a live game. But um, okay, I'm pretty sure between me and my fiance, we could give you a pretty good voicemail if the team's doing bad. But we'll give you a real good one when we have <laughs> one who's light up 18 to four games.
3: Oh, there we go. Yeah. Listen, Vince, we're gonna we'll we'll let you take the lead. Tell tell us where you are in terms of this team right now because right we had that west we, the, we sent the team out west coast they had a mm-hmm. bunch of late night games and it seems like they kind of slept walked through that whole west coast trip yeah they, they, and then they come back they take you know they take all but one game from the marlins now they're playing the nationals just give me a sense of where you are on this team right now
2: um i'm i'm happy with the team because they have you know they got cassianos he's injured again um, we don't have our ace with Wheeler. And they're holding themselves to get into the playoffs. And a lot of, see, I look at this whole season as the team just needs to give me one thing. I need them to get into the playoffs. If you show me you can get into the playoffs, that's good. That means that next year, even if we get knocked out in the first round, that means next year when we come into this, we can adjust and find the players we need which is going to be our bullpen, it's going to be our pitching, that they can get farther than the first round. And they can knock it out of the park and give us that World Series that we've been waiting for since 2008.
3: Right. Jay, talk to me. Talk to me about this team where you are right now.
4: If I had to use a two-word sentence to describe where I'm at, cautiously optimistic. Okay. Okay. I don't. I don't try to get, nor have I tried to get too high or too low this season. I think you've seen that um, with my takes. I think you've seen that with my shows that I've done with you, and you know, shows other shows that I've been on. Uh, I think this team. I, I, I agree. Uh, you know, I think I'm excited about the young kids. I'm excited that Alec Boom has kind of come into his own. I'm excited to see Bryson Stott, you know, producing at a better level, obviously, than he was early in the year. I'm actually excited for this team's future. I I, I do agree. I think we do need some work still with the starting pitching and the bullpen. Um, I, I I know there was that rumor, hot rumor going around that, you know, Trey Turner, you know, would be, you know, possibly interested in coming to the Phillies. Listen, I'm, I like our offense, but I do think we are missing uh, that kind of player, a player that can provide, you know, obviously speed and and, and average along with, you know, we have a ton of guys that are going to hit for power. We have a ton of guys that kind of carry the OPS moniker, but, We don't have that guy that – we don't have a leadoff hitter. We really don't. Kyle Schwerber to me is not a leadoff hitter. And and that's one thing I've been kind of pounding the drum about for a while now that I wish – that's the one thing I'm a little annoyed with Rob Thompson about. And and listen, I I haven't really said much criticism towards Rob, and I, I think rightfully so. I think the guy deserves to be praised for what he was able to do and kind of getting us out of the doldrums that we were uh, under Girardi. But I think the one thing I'm still a little skeptical about Thompson is, is that he doesn't pull triggers fast enough. Like he, like Reese Hoskins still in this, in the number two hole. and, And we've all saw how, you know, Hoskins is one of them streaky type players. Like, but when guys aren't producing, you shouldn't be afraid to move them in and out of the lineup. Like, Yes, to a certain extent, you should be patient. But I think we've been patient long enough. And you're, when your lineup is stagnant, you need to shock the system.
3: Right. Yeah, no, listen, I, I, I completely agree in terms of like – I think to go back to something, Jay, you were talking about in terms of the Trey Turner stuff, the Trey Turner piece, I think, would be important at some point because it, it's, it fills a couple roles, right? It gives you that leadoff guy that's going to set the table. It also – allows you to put a guy that's young in that spot every day that you don't have to worry about who's going to play that. I think that then slots Stott in at second, right? So now you're you're, you're building that core uh, up the middle, which creates a really strong base for this team. I think Marsh is going gonna, is gonna to be a guy that's – right, a, a guy that's young, that's under control, that you can pencil in every day. And with the other guys that they have in this lineup with Harper and Schwarber and Cassianos, And you know, when, when those guys are healthy and those guys are in the middle of your lineup, those other guys don't have to be world beaters, right? They just have to fill that role. So right now, I think that, you know, to go back to something that both of you guys have touched on, right? Those injuries have not helped them, right? Castellanos having the oblique strain, Will are going out with with the forearm tendonitis, you know Sir Anthony Dominguez has the tricep you know soreness, Corey Knebel is out, right they They lost a lot of key pieces that helped them get to where they are earlier on in the season, right? So now you're gonna have to start to look for other guys to kind of fill in that role, right? Brogdon is a guy who comes to mind, who's a guy that like needs to step up and fill in one of those roles that's going to be a little bit – the shoes are going to be a little bit bigger than the shoes he was wearing before.
2: Brogdon needs to really figure out what he's doing because he –
3: Agreed. Absolutely.
2: He's, I've seen this kid come in and literally close a game – I'm going to kill my dog. I'm sorry.
3: Please stop
2: Um, But I've seen him come in and literally just dominate a lineup, you know, closing a game out. And then I've seen him come in and just – he's. It's a ball, ball strike, all ball strike. And it's like, where, how can you are good on Tuesday, but I bring you in on Thursday, and I see this shit. Um, Real quick, Trey Turner, if it is plausible for them to get him, they should. Because loading up with people that can steal bases for this team is something that the Phillies – and I don't know if you've seen this, but we talked about it prior, and I was like, they're not stealing bases, and that is what is really dimming it's hurt, our... It's hurting them. Yeah, because they're not... The pitcher can just focus on home plate. He doesn't have to worry, you know, which you, you got somebody like JT that is literally almost perfect at stealing bases, and then, you know, Stoat stealing bases, Segura, um, even Sosa. Sosa stealing bases. And they're not like make that pitcher work. Take his eye from home plate and make him focus on first, make him focus on you on second base, especially, and you're going to see things. And that's something that Trey Turner can definitely bring to this team. And I would love to
4: No, I mean, I I think he nailed it. I I think, Like I said, I've been trying to be patient this year because I understand that this team's not necessarily, well, they're not ready to contend for a World Series. If you look at this team compared to, you know, even the Mets and and the division, I, I, I don't think we're ready. But I do think it's a big deal to make the playoffs because, as you mentioned, once you get there, anything can happen. Right. And I look back to that 2007 Phillies team that made the playoffs. And I know they lost in three games to Colorado, but that made that next year's team hungry. And that's basically where the world series started because it was that hunger of making the playoffs, but, you know, and and kind of getting that valuable experience that this team has not had since 2011 and quite a few of these players, I mean, Yes, Kyle Schwarber has won a World Series. But you have guys like, obviously, Reese Hoskins, Alec Boone, JT, Segura, Stott, pretty much their whole lineup besides Schwarber haven't even made the playoffs. So you really would get a valuable experience to make the playoffs this year. And, you know, yes, the roster is good on paper but I talk about how it was constructed with a bunch of guys that are just like super streaky and we
1: -hmm. don't
4: have that consistent bat in the lineup. We do. It's Bryce Harper, but obviously he's not playing. But you need more than just one guy. And, you know, unfortunately, Harper, yes, coming back, you know, in September, you know, everyone had thoughts of like, you know, Oh my God, he's gonna come back and he's gonna be the savior. But you gotta remember the guy's been out for you know close to two months. Like sometimes it takes a while to kind of get back in a rhythm. And I know, yeah, it was easy like to get excited when they brought him back and he did his rehab stint and he hit the two home runs and he had those two big games. But don't forget that that's the minor leagues. And like I said, you know, it was a one game, two games. Once you start coming, coming back, you got to get in a rhythm. And he's obviously, he's still hitting, but he's not. He's not Bryce Harper right now. He's not. And no, no but Jay, to, to be him. honest,
3: I, I don't know if it was realistic to ask him to step right back in oh. after having the injury that he did. No, it
4: wasn't. I'm, th- I'm just right. talking about fans need to temper their expectations because I think a lot of people out there had this false hope that Bryce Harper was going to come back and all of a sudden just be this world beater again. And that's not how it works when somebody yeah. comes back from that kind of an injury. It, it just doesn't. No, you're uh, right. And, Jay, go ahead, Vince.
2: My bad, man. I, I think he came back for I think he seen, you know, the playoffs is on the line We're I think at the time, we're holding the third playoff um, wild card. Mm-hmm. And he came back in hopes, and I think he should have at least spent maybe like one more series down in the minors, and I think his bat would have been correct. And also, I mean, he's obviously feeling some type of pain compared, you know, from what we've seen yesterday. He he was definitely injured, but battled through it. Um, I think he should have stayed in the minors at least one more series and then came up, and I think his bat would have been a lot hotter. But with that being said, he is the MV3. And, I mean, I bashed him on our, our uh, pregame, but um, that's only because I feel like you have to be bashed to be able to turn your bat around. If you're not getting made fun of, you're not going to try and fix nothing. <clears throat> but um, he is very good at, at turning that bat around and getting hot again. I mean, you've seen him do it time and time again. And, I mean, you've seen it when he got pegged in the face. He came back, wasn't batting all too good, and then, boom, here he is. Right. You know?
3: Yeah, and listen to like don't I mean, I'm sure it, it would not surprise any of us. We wouldn't be, you know, rewriting the history books if if we didn't expect him to at some point start to contribute on a massive way, right? As the games start to have and carry more importance, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, the fact that I think Jay and to tie it back together with what you were talking about, the this team making the playoffs with the guys that it has on its roster is going to be so important moving forward. Maybe not just for this year, but for the next couple of years because of the young nucleus that they have. This team being in the playoffs, even if it's a first-round exit, I think just being in those games that matter, being in games where every pitch, every at-bat, every play in the field, everything carries such – weight I think is going to be incredibly important for this team as it moves forward, because you, you look at, to me, all it takes is like, like you were saying, Jay, just being in the group that's playing in the playoffs, anything can happen. Right. And, and go back to, you know, uh, It's a really sore subject in this town, right? But October of 2011, right, when the Phillies had the best team in baseball and they play a five-game series against the Cardinals, right, and they end up losing game five in a game which Roy Halladay's pitching, right, and he gives up one run in the first inning that team was like that team had world series written all over. It. So as important as it is to just be in and just play the games, I think it's more important to be in because yeah. in any sport, baseball, where you're going to be in that dance, it really truly gives everybody that opportunity to be, able to beat a team in advance and would not, would it, would it not be more prophetic if this year where if they play a team like the Mets that has demolished them and, and really done whatever they wanted to all season long, would it not be truly prophetic to play them in the playoffs and be able to love- bounce them in the first round?
2: I'd, I'd love it, dude. Right. I would love to play the Mets the first round because when you go up against somebody that thinks they got your number, and then you turn it around and just beat the brakes off them it, that that's that's just amazing and they 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 they're good on paper is what I'll give them they're, they they do play good baseball but they can't carry the weight that comes that comes with it and that's why their their career going into the playoffs they go in as a good team but they get knocked out in the first second round, and they don't make it. So when I look at the Mets, I'm just like, I'm going off history, and history repeats itself. We play them. I think if it's in that series, we take them. And Degrom is on pitch count; he can't go more than you know five innings before right. they. Play.
3: Right and right, Scherzer's now. He's not. He he's. I mean, I mean the 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 way that they're phrasing it is, you know. It's it seems very strategic in terms of uh, it, it seems more like rest than it does injury, but I would love nothing more than to face them, and you know to look you know, you're, you're you're at this point you're two and a half two and a half games up on Milwaukee for that last wild card spot. Milwaukee's losing tonight. The Phillies are winning tonight, right? That game, that could be three and a half by the end of the night. Um, They're really in a good position to really start to put teams away where they can start to look at that magic number and really like, it's a shame that they didn't take advantage of the games that they played out West because they really, if they had even played 500, right, if they had split both those series they they would have put even more distance between them and more
2: I think the uh the going from Arizona to um San Fran San Fran my bad is different than when we, uh, I think earlier in the season we played the Mariners and then we went and played the Dodgers so we were already in that time zone and I think the time zone might have been what really fucked them up during it was that Could have been. you know you know, not to make excuses, they they lost purely, but they also they showed some weakness. You know, while they were there, except especially in San Fran, but I, I think if a playoff atmosphere where they're going to actually be there prior to the series starting, I, I think it'd be a lot different.
3: Yeah, and listen, and. You know the the funky thing about the playoffs this year, right? Especially with the team that's in that that if they're if excuse me if they are a team that is playing in that first round, right? That whole that three game series, which I like a whole lot better than that one game play in. Yeah, to me, that was one of the stupidest things that MLB ever did because you play 162 games to then have one game determine whether or not you continue on in the playoffs. So I'm glad that they got rid of that. But caveat is is that now you have all three of those game that three game series is all being played at the higher seed. So listen, I would love nothing more than to be able to go into you know go into to to, to Queens and be able to take them down and Jay, you know your 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 boy, your boy Aaron with with his Mets fandom. I'm sure I'm sure he's revel he's reveling in, in, the, in the in the fact that they were you know that they're in the position that they're in.
4: I mean, he deserves it. He, he's oh, yeah. he's been a oh, long yeah. su- he's been a long suffering fan. I mean, the Mets. Let's face it. In 2015, I believe they went to the World Series. But other than I believe eighteen, the, only those two years in the last decade that they've made the playoffs. So they obviously, uh, as as mentioned, you know they'll make the playoffs, but they struggle when they get in. I do think that this team is a little different than years prior because, as I said, they play a really good brand of baseball. They they, they play good defense. They obviously have great pitching. I, I, I get it. The Grom is on a pitch count, but he's still great. Um, they have one of the best closers in baseball. I mean, Diaz has been. Diaz has more strikeouts than seventy-five percent of starters, which is insane for for a closer. Um, but you know, like I said, once you get in, it's any given game. Anything can happen, and. If Wheeler is healthy, that's the kicker because I'm still a little leery about it. I I know they're saying he's going to be healthy, but when any pitcher of his caliber has an arm injury with with the history he's had in his past of injury history with his arm, I get a little nervous Um, because you're going to need Wheeler. In the playoffs, I, I mean, you are, yeah, you, oh yeah. You can't expect that you're going to get through with just Nola and a bunch of guys. You need Wheeler. If you have Wheeler healthy, Wheeler and Nola can go up pretty much against any rotation. And I would feel confident in that in that scenario. The only unconfidence or inconfidence that I have in this team is the ability to be consistent with their bats. And, and that starts and ends with your pra- your plate discipline. And, and that's where they've really dropped the ball lately. And as, as mentioned, they're not stealing bases. They're not doing what they were doing earlier in the year. They're, they're not having good at bats. They're going up there with no plan. And they're, they're, they just swing at anything. And, and that's why these some of these pitchers that you would think, oh, my God, we should be able to kill this guy they're able to have success against the Phillies because the Phillies go up there with no plan. Yeah. And that's where I'm a little bit kind of, I don't want to say annoyed, but that fault to me that it begins and ends with your manager and he needs to really, you know, set the tone as far as what he's asking from these guys and, and holding them accountable and if they're having bad at bats you know you need to it needs to be addressed and you know that's kind of where i get with the team i i just get frustrated that their their offense is still you know what are we 145 games in it's still just very inconsistent you know one night 14 runs the next night 3 then they get shut out it, it's just it's so inconsistent that it's hard to get any kind of rhythm and You know, that's when it becomes imperative that your starting pitchers, you know, go six or seven innings. Because if you're not getting good, you know, games from your starters then, and you're not hitting, there's only a fine line between a win and a loss.
3: Yeah. And like, like that, the, the game last night, right. They, that, that inconsistency, allows that game to slip away. Right. So Vince, do me a favor. Look, look ahead at the next six games and talk about how important it is for them with these. They got three coming up in Washington, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and -hmm. then they're off Monday. And then they play Miami Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, those six games, because behind those six games, you're talking about, you're going three at Atlanta, You play two Toronto at home, and then you play four at Atlanta.
2: I don't respect the Toronto Blue Jays, to tell you the truth. Okay. So, I think if I remember correctly, we have Washington at home right now. Right. All right. Then we got – we should be going to Miami. For three. Then we go to Atlanta.
3: Correct.
2: And then, if I remember correctly, it should be the Blue Jays.
3: And then they play two at home against the Blue Jays, and then four against Atlanta.
2: Yeah. Um. I think the Toronto Blue Jays forgot that in America we're allowed to have our full baseball team. (laughs) (laughs) They're not special. Uh, I seen fuck. Who was it? Was it the Reds? They had seventeen players that could not go, and they're, they're acting like they're something special. Like you, they had to bring up their fucking minor league players to come play you because you have a stupid restriction. This yeah, team here's,
3: yeah, you, go ahead. No, is
2: going to right. get smoked on when they come to Philadelphia. We're out for vengeance. The What they did to us when we went there, and we, I think we were only missing about three or four players, but they were important three or four players. You know, you right. had JT. You had Alec Boom. Look at Alec Boom right now. I mean, the kid's lighting it up.
3: Completely different player.
2: Yeah, completely dude. I talk, talk,
3: talk about that for a second, because that moment we were talking about this a couple weeks ago—that moment where he owns the—I fucking hate this place, yep. right? But he—he he never walked it back. He never—he owned it. But since that moment, mm. talk about a guy who's like flipped the switch and completely turned it around.
2: Mm-hmm. The the one great thing—I I cannot believe I'm going to say this about Philadelphia fans. Is that we cheered him on after that. And what did he do? He turned his life around and was like, I'm going to produce for this city. I'm, I'm a firm believer that praise needs to be earned. It is how I am when I'm at work. It is how I am in reality. I'm going to degrade you when you do wrong. But when I tell you you're doing good, you know you fucking earned it from me. And that's what this team needs. They need somebody like me on their team telling them that they fucking suck today. So that way tomorrow when they go out, there thinking about me. And when they hit the ball and they come back in and I go, you did a good job. They're going to know that they earned what they did. And it's not something like where it's like, oh, he's the MV3. So we have to cheer him on no matter what. No, tell him he fucking sucks. Tell him he is literally not in a slump. He's just not producing like he is supposed to be. And then when he does, he's going to look at you and be like, all right, I deserve that now. I hit that home run, and he's going to keep going. It's not going to be a thing where it's like I'm entitled to, you know, all this awesomeness because I'm the MV3 of the MLB.
3: Right. Yeah, and listen, Vince, I want to touch on something because I just thought about this. Toronto was like the the hot pick for a lot of people preseason before the season started as, like, a team that could contend to to be in, in the running for the World Series, right? And they have had a clear advantage in all of their home games because of the vaccination status based on Canada and, and the United States. They're 76-60. and 60. Talk yeah, about a team, team like... The, the the a team that was had a ton of young talent and insanely underperformed.
2: Yeah i I didn't understand what one. I'm not trying to jump off on you, but last season I think they had to play in I think it was down in Florida, and then they were playing in Upper New York towards the end of the season.
3: They were playing in Buffalo.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know why they changed that, but. I think they're, they gave, they got more credit. Maybe somebody was thinking that the vaccine mandate was going to help them in their season, but I, I, they got kind of lucky when they played us.
3: Oh, in my mind, uh,
2: at that time, we were thinking about um, getting rid of Girardi, if I remember correctly.
3: Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah, – I, I, I have a theory
2: that they, they just swept the season – not swept it, but they, they threw the season to get rid of Girardi. And then, you know, Rob comes in and what did they do? They lit it up the whole month of June.
0: Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303 292 9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
1: That was just my theory.
2: I might be wrong. Uh, that, no. You can't explain a team, you know, playing mediocre slash bad and then turning around and just lighting it up in the month of June.
3: I'm on it. Jay, your thoughts?
4: No, I, I think he's spot on. I, I, I don't know how or why the team is like night and day from what it was then, because it's not really any different. I, I think the only difference is, is, that the players are actually enjoying playing for the manager that they're playing with for now. And we're opposed to, they obviously were miserable under Girardi. That's the only answer I can have. Like, because when you're miserable, you know, think about how you are at your job. If you're miserable, you're not going to do a good job. That's just how it, that's like kind of, you know, I don't know what's the word cliche. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a product of
3: your environment, right? So if you got somebody that like Girardi, who is living off all the analytics and make letting all the analytics make every decision at, at some point, right. As a player, you look at that guy and go, Joe, you played in this league. You you, you won in this league. You won rings in this league. Joe, what are you looking at? Like, what, what, what are those numbers telling you that you can't just see when you got watch a guy take BP or when you see a guy in the field? Like I think that Girardi got so horse blinder on the numbers and never saw the potential for players to put like, like, look at the guys that have gotten chances to play every day, right? Stott is playing every day. Bohm is playing every day, right? They're they're like th- those first couple games, right? When when you had the some of the lineups that you had, it just makes me shake my head the fact that like the when when they open the season. With, with, with Oakland, and you know, on, on the Sunday, the end game of that series, they had guys getting rest days. And I'm going, what the fuck? Like, the season's three days old. Like, you don't need a rest day. Like, it, it, it's barely April. Like, <laughs> it, it just it blew my mind. So, like, thankfully, right, they, they – so the, eventually they move on, right, and Rob Thompson has – Kind of been the guy that has been able to get these guys to not only play together, but it clicks. It looks like they're having fun, and when they're having, when when they've looked like they're having fun, they have played a whole lot better.
2: I'm I'm kind of worried that if Girardi went farther into the season, I mean, one, we would not be where we're at right now. But
3: no, his not, whole you're right.
2: his whole bullpen. I want to hold a guy, I can't let him pitch, you know, within three days if he's a reliever, which I, I've literally seen him have people come out and he he goes two batters, maybe a matter of seven pitches, and then he's like, well, he can't pitch for three days. What? 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 He, he threw seven balls last night at eight o'clock, dude. Why, why is he not in this game? going against this guy that you know he can beat. And it's games where like we had an amazing lead and it gets blown because that solid reliever we had, he wanted to keep on the bench and not put him in. Or I, I seen him do it with JT, I remember. I think what you're talking about, it was like maybe like the seventh game of the season. JT was already off the day before, and he's like, well, JT, he, he, he has an off day today. And it's like he was off yesterday. Why is JT not in this game right now? The, the hottest catcher in baseball, pretty much. You're gonna you're gonna have him bench two days in a row because why? I don't think he really knew how to manage a baseball team at the end of the day.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, we've talked about that ad nauseum, the fact that that I could have managed that Yankees team. I mean, they, they, they had everybody. I mean, not not to mention they had Oh, by the way, Mariano Rivera as a closer. I mean, anybody that had that guy and that team probably would have won a World Series. So I agree with you. I think Joe Girardi was way in over his head. I mean, listen, he was a good player. He he wasn't a star, but he he was good in his career as a player. But as far as his management skills go, uh, he definitely didn't have the, the day in and day out ability to you know, write a lineup. He couldn't manage the bullpen. He couldn't make what should have been easy decisions on a consistent basis. And, and that's ultimately what led to his demise. But I, I mean, what this team has been able to do with Rob Thompson. I mean, I think the big difference is, is that Rob Thompson instills confidence in his players. And, and as I said, I sometimes think that might be a little bit, he might be a little bit too confident. Like if a guy is struggling in the lineup for an extended period of time, sometimes you got to make a change. And especially now down the stretch, like we really do need to consistently start winning these series and keep winning these series. And, you know, I've been saying for a while, I I get it. We don't have another leadoff hitter, but, Kyle Schwarber to me is not a leadoff hitter, and and I I I know I've been criticized for saying that, but he's not. He's not. He's you you look at the guy. He you know he should be in the four four or five hole. That's where he is. He's a power hitter. At the end of the day, your leadoff. Yeah, I mean, hole, listen,
3: Jay. The, the, I, the, I think it's the,
4: overrated so- that and overstated that you know. Oh my God, the guy walks. Okay, yeah. So does a lot of people, but. You know, Kyle Schwarber, for as great, for as amazing as he was in June and July, he's been pretty ordinary in August. And so far in September, he's not really done anything. So, like, sooner or later, it's like, okay, yeah, we praised him, we praised him. But, you know, he deserves some criticism. He's not been playing. I mean, he's been stuck on the same home run number for what? 2 weeks I mean yeah. he, ultimately Kyle Schwarber is a home run hitter okay he he's he's leading the Phillies in home runs he was leading the National League at one point that's what he is he's a home run hitter and he's not hitting home runs so
2: i i agree with you he I, i'm 50-50 so i like him in the one spot only because of the daycare when the young kids come in and they get on base back in June and he was hitting home runs, he was driving them in. But right. you're, that's a valuable spot at the one. So seeing him in the five and bringing Stoat back to where he's in the one spot again, that's something I would like to see.
4: I just think, I think it just not? makes I, too much I, sense, especially going into the playoffs. Like If you're going to tweak your lineup, now's the time to do it. I wouldn't wait until week, you know, a week before the playoffs, and then all of a sudden you're going to, you know, have these same issues, and then you're going to say, oh, well, let's make a lineup change. No, now's the time to tweak it. If you, it, you might as well.
2: Yeah, you I mean, don't want to readjust.
4: Have, <laughs> what do you really have to lose if you tweak the lineup? And I'm not talking about a major, like, you know, scientific experiment. I'm talking about putting Schwarber back in the three or four hole, putting Stott up in the leadoff. And moving, I would look to get Hoskins at it at two hole because I just don't, you know, once again, I know he hit a home run tonight, but I'm not a big Hoskins guy. I've never been. And that's just me. And maybe that's me being, you know, I don't know, in my own (laughs) own thoughts, but I'm just not high on Hoskins. I'm not. And I, I don't think he's. He's not really producing either. Like, it, it's just, a, that. once again, it's so inconsistent. We'll see the games where it's like, oh, my God, he goes on like a weak tear where he's lighting it up. And then, you know, here we go again. He's back to like Mr. Mediocre. <laughs> so, Jay, where – so, Jay,
3: you slot Hoskins where? Four, like five, six? I
4: mean, Hoskins like, is still a power – I mean, once – he's right. home run and the, But I, when you're guess, hitting these home runs – and you're in the one and two hole. It's solo shots. It's two. Now, listen, I get it. You could hit the home run in the sixth inning and have three men on, but they're not doing it. It's not like they're consistently hitting home runs with guys on. If you look at Schwarber and, and Hoskins, for the most part, it's been solo home runs.
3: Right, but like if, if like what Vince was talking about, like if if those if those young guys, right, those the, the, those daycare kids, if they're at the back of the lineup getting on base, right, if they're doing their job. At the back of the lineup, getting on base, then when that lineup turns around, right, and you're looking at Schwarber, Hoskins, Rio Muto, Bohm, Harper, like you, you you can you can throw four, five, six guys. Like you can I got throw, that,
4: but they're not. But the thing is, they're not at the back of the end. Their Boom is in the three hole. Stott is no. in the six hole. Like they're not. I, I get what you're saying when they were yeah. when they were down in the lineup, but they're right. not now. So you, you got what, Emuno Souza? I, I know he's like the hot thing now. It's like everyone's like, oh my god, Emuno Souza. Yeah, if he's hitting, then let him hit. But ultimately, you gotta come to a conclusion that if you want your lineup to be at its best, then you need to have guys where their strength is. To me, Kyle Schwarber in the leadoff. Spot is not a strength right now. It was a strength in July. It was a strength in June. It's not okay. now. All right, so between now
3: and the end of the season, right? Get, give me one guy that had, like, I, I'm, I'm going to ask for two guys, right? Two guys that are, that you need to perform in order for this team to, really make a serious run and put themselves in position to win a playoff series. I need, I need a guy that's going to be on the mound regardless of starter, you know, back end of the bullpen, wherever, and a guy and a bat.
4: Now I'm going Nola and Harper.
3: Okay. Tell me why. Like, what, what do you need to see out of Nola? Cause you, Jay, you, you've been, <laughs> you, you, you've had the Nola conversations, right? So tell me what I need to see from Nola
4: and what I need to see from Harper when we go down the stretch. I mean, Nola's last start, he looked great again. Like, that, that that's the thing. It's just I need consistent Nola. I, there you go. I need Nola to be what he was in the last start more often than what he was prior to that, where he shit the bed. And the reason I say that is because Aaron Nola, when he's at his best, is better than we give him credit for Like, when he's at his worst, he's not as bad as we think. But when he's at his best, we don't give him enough credit. Okay. He's very – he's he's this. (laughs) He's like their offense, Aaron Nola. But look at his – look at his, like – Look at the on not on the surface metrics. Like everyone wants to look at ERA. Okay. I'm talking about look at his whip walks, hits per nine innings. That to me is really a better tale of, of a pitcher that is on his game. His, his whip right now still under, I believe it's 0.95, it's under one. And ah. he's, I believe, second or third in, in the National League in strikeouts. Like Lola is still, even with the two bad starts is having a very good year this year. But I need him to not do his September swoon. I need him to, like, continue his to hold up. on right. his last start. Because I think if Nola is at the top of his game going into the playoffs, I'm I, then I'm confident. And, and the reason I said Harper, I, I think Harper ultimately is going to get hot. It, it, it's just only a matter of time. I mean, it's not like he's, like – It's not like he's been terrible, but he is worthy. He is deserving of being criticized, and that's why I like my guy here because he's not afraid to – like I think so many people are afraid to criticize Harper because he's like the golden boy. But, like, dude, if he's not playing well, then he deserves criticism just like I think Kyle Schwarber deserves criticism.
2: There's not a single motherfucker in this world that is not going to get criticized by me, (laughs) just to be clear. I like it. There we go. Also, let's just be happy that the postseason starts in October and not September.
3: Truly. Yeah. No, Vince, I need a, a, a guy on a mound and a bat.
2: I'm going to go with Robinson. Or is it okay. Robertson? <clears throat> he, we, we brought him in for a reason. We brought him in. So that way he would close games for us. So we would have Nick Nelson. We would have him. And I would say, I like him later. I hate when they bring him in early, but Alvarado. Them three in a closing situation, but we need the guy that we just brought in to start showing up. What he's done is just, like, come on, man. He's struggled lately. Yeah. Um. And you said, what, a, a guy at the plate?
3: The guy at the plate. Give me a bet. God.
2: Um, I'm going to go, if if Schwarber's staying in the one spot, I'm going to go with him. Because in in my eyes, the first 15 pitches of a game is pretty much a simulation for the pitcher. And I know you like not big on Reese, but he is very good at getting either. (laughs) He's very good at one getting walked, and he's very good at getting that first hit. Schwarber needs to do it if he's standing in the one spot because if you can get a hit in them first 15 pitches, especially back to back pitchers, they are more likely to win that game because now that starting pitcher is readjusting his entire decision. And he's thinking about his life as he goes to throw that next ball because he's trying to read it one way, and he's like, well, he's, he's, he's definitely got me on point. And then, you know, you have somebody like either you know Harper in the three spot, boom, in the three spot, that they know he's all flustered now, and that ball is going to go right across the plate at his, you know, right at his spot, and he's going to crack it, and it's gone. So I would say Schwarber would be if he stays in the one spot. But I I would like to see – spot go and be the leadoff hitter
3: okay I like it like the 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 guy that I'm looking at that that's gotta be that that's gotta kind of hold that that spot down is a guy we talk i i talked about a little bit earlier right i'm I'm looking at Brogdon to, to kind of slot in that role and really become. a really essential part of that bullpen where he can lock down innings late in the game to get the game to Robertson um, at the plate. And it's kind of twofold why I'm going to say this guy, but like I'm looking at Real Muto to just, you know, he's swinging a hot bat to kind of stay consistent, right? Has a home run tonight. But also with the injuries that they've had on the pitching staff, it, it's also twofold for him to be able to control and work that 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 young group of pitchers to be able to groom them to be more productive. So I'm looking at, at, at Real Muto to be able to get to stay hot at the bat, but also guide that bullpen to be able to close out those games so that we don't have situations like you had last night where you lose the, you lose the lead late. So, uh, gentlemen, it's been fun. It's, I want to – your show's group, you, you posted something that I want to bring up that's baseball-related that we, we were kind of talking pre-show about the new rules, the rule changes for Major League Baseball, right? So the rule number – so that you got the, the pitch timer – Right, you got bigger bases, and you got the shift restrictions. I'm gonna I'm let you go first because you were you were you were a little excited about it earlier yeah, tonight.
2: If if I, if I run down it, I see three things where I just look at and I'm like, the MLB just wants quicker games. The MLB just wants quicker games. The MLB wants quicker games, and it's because they want to produce a product that can go more than three hours long and they want it to end in two hours so that way they make maximum amount of money off it because there's no other reason why they would change any of this shit right here. The game runs smooth. I mean, I do agree because even Harper's talked about it where the ball gets thrown, it's a ball, and he goes and readjusts his gloves and I think it's either the catcher or the umpire is like, dude, you didn't even swing. I, I understand that. Like they should have just been like yo you you can't like I, the 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 batting count or the what is it, the eight seconds or whatever. I, I kind of understand that. Um, I don't understand the whole you can only throw to a you know first base or second base two times and the third time has to be an out per batter.
3: Yeah, you're, I, like you're like when, away when, the challenge. Yeah, like when I when I look at the like the. To me, the 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 bigger bases is like a like a whatever like I, that. To me, doesn't mean a whole lot. But they like when of- I look at, I I get why they're doing it. But like to me, that that to me doesn't necessarily affect the game nearly as much as like like when I look at the pitch timer. Right, the fi- fifteen seconds between bases when they're when it's empty, twenty seconds with a runner on base. Um, the hitter gets a timeout per plate appearance. Yeah, you know, they're yeah, you know, they're they're anticipating that it might reduce the, the game by twenty six minutes. Like to me, like yes, it does expedite the, the the speed of the game, especially for those games that are, you know, three plus hours long, but at the same time, I don't necessarily know how much that positively or negatively affects the the, the product on the field. Um, I don't hate when they talk about the shift restrictions. I don't hate having two guys on either side of second base only for the simple fact that like it lends itself more back to traditional baseball, right? You don't have three guys you're eliminating. Like if I'm a batter and, and I get a solid crack at the ball and I hit it, which would normally be a hit in between the second and first baseman. Right. But I got the third baseman that's playing short outfield. Right. Mm-hmm. And now that's an out. So the shift restriction having two guys, I, I don't I don't hate that. Um, but to me. I, I, I just I, I don't know that any of what they're doing is really going to expedite the speed of the game and create a better product. Jay?
2: It's, it's going to create injuries. Like, I mean, go to your buddy's house and take his end table and move it back three inches and then watch how many times he walks into it because he's used to it being in that position. Right. These guys are going to be sliding at the normal spot that they slid all season, and it's going to create either hand injuries or some kind of foot injury because it's going to be a bigger base. And they're going to slide into it wrong. The shift, I like. I like that they can shift because how many ugly hits have we had this season, or bunts down the third base line that nobody was there to go and try and manage anything with that ball? I
3: mean, you're right. Like, listen, I for me, I like. I, there, there's there's strategic aspects to all of it. Right. You can say that the analytics tell you that they look at the analytics and they use the predictable data to be able to see where the ball is going to go and and make the adjustments based on that. And I know that, you know, I just I look at that and I and I don't think that it makes it a better product on the field. I, I like the idea you because you can still with having both of those guys on either side of second base, I think you can still shift, but it's not nearly as drastic as putting three guys on one side of the field. Jay, I mean, you got
4: thoughts on this before we? Yeah, I, I I mean, you know where I stand on. I'm obviously I'm old school. I'm an old guy. I'm 46 you know, older generation, we tend to, you know, not like the way that the direction of the game, the direction that Major League Baseball is going. I think if you want to fix Major League Baseball instead of making these kind of dumb rule changes, how about changing the philosophy of the game and how it's taught? How about stop preaching so much about launch angle and wanting home runs and start preaching small ball again? Like, I think... The reason that the games are so long is because there's so many walks and there's so many strikeouts and there, there's so many pitches and there's so many pitching changes. That's what's making these games longer. It's not the bigger bases. It's not their shift. And it's not even the pitch timer. It's just the way that the game is being played. It's just not conducive to you know what comes down to People's attention span. I mean, if you, you have to have an attention span of like, I don't know how to say this. Like people today have attention spans of like a gnat. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it's a very instant gratification. If you're not like looking at ways that's going to make this game better and, and grow the game. Then you're doing a disservice. And I just think these rule changes, they're I think they're just they're trying to save face, like they're trying to make the game better. But in reality, it's making it worse. And and as 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 Vince said, it's gonna cause injuries. And I don't think it's gonna speed up the games. I, I don't. I mean, maybe it speeds it up a little bit, but if you really wanna fix the game, as I said, start fixing it by preaching different strategies, preaching to get back to people actually having plate discipline and not striking out all the time, trying to hit a home run every game, every, you know, every, all the time. I mean, it, it really has become strikeout boomer bust. I mean, that's, that's, and, and get, I get it. It's fun to watch home runs, but I don't know, man, I'm old school. I, I like chicks. Chicks ball. dig the
3: low ball, Jay. <laughs> Listen, gentlemen, <There's-> this conversation has <laughs> been great. Go ahead, Vince.
2: I'm, I'm sorry. Go now. No,
3: you're you're good.
2: <clears throat> There's a huge loophole in that shift rule, to where they can literally, once the ball's thrown, they can dart in a direction of where they wanted that shift to be if they want to take, you know, take yes, you're right. and I don't know if um, that that's that opens the door to, um. Kind of like, kind of like the NFL non-contact like ACL tears. And I might sound stupid or crazy for it, but yeah, you're right. When you go and jump right, and then you try and dart back left. That is how you tear an ACL. You see it with running backs in the NFL, or even I mean, linebackers or uh, cornerbacks. They cut one direction when they try and cut back the other way. It's non-contact. Nobody gets hit. Nobody gets touched. But you just gone, and you're opening a door to that. So I. I, I, this isn't about player safety. This whole rule change is not. They, they they should have just left baseball as it was. Like,
3: I mean, you you could have, and it really wouldn't have created a ton of noticeable difference between what it is and what it could be in in twenty twenty three.
2: Yeah, and I, I mean, if if I had it my way. They would bring back the fact that you're allowed to, if you're running the home plate and the catcher has the ball, you get to smoke his ass and try and knock that ball out of his hands. That should come back. That will make baseball way more exciting and probably make the game a lot more faster. Listen,
3: it could. It it, it very well could. It's the, you know, as much as as we would love to see that and as much as it... excitement as that would bring because that play, you know, obviously as we were growing up, that play was a part of baseball. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see with all the, 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 the science behind all the, 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 head injuries that, that it would come back. Um, but I agree more. Is that play more exciting than the, the partially blocking the plate? Yes. A hundred percent. Um gentlemen, anything else you want to touch on with the Phil's before we before we go into final thoughts? They just gotta
2: make it to the first round. That's all I need to say.
3: Let's get to the playoffs. There we go. All right, gentlemen, final thoughts. So listen, Vince, for final thoughts, we normally we we would share something. doesn't have to be baseball related. Doesn't it can just be life related. Um any 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 kind of final thoughts, anything you want to touch on, anything you want to share with the audience before we head out?
2: Um, final thoughts. I hope that the Phillies produce better. And I hope they I hope they kinda prove me wrong and they can miss the first round and they go deep. That's that's my final thoughts.
3: All right. Here we go. Jay, what do you got?
4: I like it. Uh My final thoughts, um, if you haven't, go and watch the Taylor Hawkins tribute on YouTube. With this kid? I am telling you, it was absolute. So, for those that don't know, obviously, back in like 19... I want to say 86 or I forget what year it was, but they had the Freddie Mercury concert. And that that's well known as being one of the best shows of all time as far as like just the energy and the, the crowd and just the amazing performances. Well, th- this was right on par with that. I mean, Taylor Hawkins is, 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 is revered in, in not only the musical community, I mean, all walks of life. Like, the guy was just a really good dude. And it, it shows by the amount of people and outpouring that he had when he passed away. And this, this tribute show was amazing. You had Brian May from Queen. Obviously, you had the Foo Fighters. And then they brought out Taylor Hawkins' son, Sheen for a performance. And it was unbelievable, dude. I, I was, was in watching it like the kid not only is super talented, but like to be able to play like basically his dad's tribute. I mean, that's just, I had goosebumps. So if you haven't watched it, I highly, highly suggest it.
3: Jay, you stole my thunder. That was what I was going to share. So like that, just see just seeing it the kid thing. play his father's music, like just was, it was, it was incredible. Um, Listen, yeah. you know, this was incredible. We, you know, Vince, thank you so much for coming on. Vince, do me, do me a favor. Before share we stuff. head out, share your stuff. Tell, tell, tell everybody where they can find your stuff.
2: Um, well, we're on Twitter. We are The Fan Lot. We are on Facebook at Fan Lot Phillies. And we have YouTube. Apparently, we did not set it up tonight. And uh, <clears throat> if you guys don't mind, anybody that shares this, it would be great Um. We, our son, seven years old, has autism. We are creating or we're going to donate to the Eagles Foundation. So anybody that likes, shares has hashtag autism awareness and at the Fan Lot Phillies or the Fan Lot on Twitter. We're going to make a donation for everybody that likes and shares it. So,
3: Do me me a favor, Vince. When we head out of here, just... If you can send that information over to us, we can share it. We'll be able to, you know, put it out on our social stuff and be able to, you know, get it, get as much kind of a much aw- as awareness as we possibly can with that stuff. So,
2: yeah, definitely, man.
3: Yeah, absolutely. All right, listen, we got to thank our sponsors, right? We got, you know, they they were they were on the screen the whole night, but lots of rain, luxury watches, Team Clicks, uh, Shocked Energy, which is now Level Up Snacks. Uh, and Streaker Sports, you can find all that information over on our on our link tree. Um, don't forget to go find our, our new uh, Broad Street Line fan reaction, uh, Philly Sports Calls. We want your 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 in-game reaction, so go, uh, go find that. That information is going to be up there, 267-405-3062. Go and leave a message during the game. And listen, it would not be a Philly show on this network if we did not end with Rich and Rich's Uncle Jack. Hey, hey, listen to this guy. Tell me how you're feeling here. You're screaming. I am stoked, baby! You're screaming like it's still the game going on. We're talking about the fightings here. The fightings! Said! Said! Should...